You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. So, are you on a production plateau? Most advisors and agents are. In fact, it's not just advisors and agents. At some point, every financial advisor, insurance agent, wholesaler, branch manager, and even agency manager gets on a production plateau. I know, I've coached them all. So so what do you do? Well, you could get a coach, but you gotta ask yourself this. If you had all the tips, tools, techniques, strategies, and solutions, would you apply them? In other words, are you coachable? That's what we're gonna find out today. In this podcast, the first Advisor Solutions podcast is about you. Are you coachable? So let's begin. So why this topic? Why why do you want to know if you're coachable? Or why should you know if you're coachable? Because unless you get additional help, you may always stay on a production plateau. So think of it this way. Your business can only go one of three ways, as you know. It can either go up, down, or on a production plateau. Two out of three are not good. Not good at all. In fact, if it's going up, great. I I think that's awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep growing your business every year and get to the next level. If it's going down, you might need a coach quickly. And the reason I say that is because it can only keep going down so long before you're out of the business or you're asked to leave. So if it stays on a production plateau, and I get it, the market has gone up. That's great. I know the market's gone up. So your business has probably gone up in the last year. Most people's have. However, if it weren't for the market going up, you got to ask yourself, Did I really grow my business? Did I bring in new people, new assets, new accounts? Or was I stagnant? Was I on a production plateau? So what we're going to do today in this first ever Advisor Solutions podcast is talk about three things. First, we're going to talk about who Advisor Solutions is, because you should know who we are. Second, We're going to talk about the five most important questions to determine how coachable you really are. And third, we're going to talk about the three types of coachability clients that I have or coachability criteria, you could say, so that you know which one you are and are you coachable. So who's Advisor Solutions? And who am I? Who am I to to tell you that you're coachable or you're not coachable? Well, as you know, I'm Dan Finley, president of Advisor Solutions. What you don't know, or probably don't know, is that I've been coaching financial advisors and insurance agents for 18 years now, since 2004, as of this recording. And I've been in the industry for 29 years. In fact, I was a financial advisor back in 1993. Seems strange to even say 1993, 29 years ago. And where does that time go? 
But at any rate, who am I and who is Advisor Solutions? Well, I got into the business in 1993 and I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't even know I didn't know it. So what that is, is the first level of learning. It's unconscious incompetence. Maybe you knew that already, (laughs) but maybe you didn't. And so unconscious incompetence is you don't even know the challenge, much less the solution. That's where I was in 1993. And it reminds me of a story that happened back then when I was a rookie. See, I used to get to the office early and leave late, and I'm sure you did too when you were a rookie. And I remember I was going to the office one day early. There was nobody in the hallway, and I stepped on the elevator. And the elevator door started to shut. And I remember when they shut, I heard somebody running towards the elevator. I heard these footsteps. This guy was booking it. (laughs) And, And I heard him yell, hold the elevator. So I held the elevator and he came, he came shooting in and he looked at me and I looked at him and I knew who this guy was. This guy was a veteran financial advisor. This guy had 25 years of experience. And that's when I actually thought 25 years was a long time. And that was 29 years ago. So he looks at me and I look at him and he says something that was a defining moment in my life. And he looked at me and he said, how's it going? (laughs) And I said, good. How's the business? And I looked at him and this was the defining moment. I looked at him and I said, I feel like I'm treading water and looking for land. Now, why did I say that? I feel like I'm treading water and looking for land. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a boat before, and I don't know if you've ever been out to sea before, but picture this. You're on a boat, you're out to sea, and you can't even see the shore, okay? You're on this boat, and you dive off the boat, and you swim around for a while. And for whatever reason, Maybe you got a scuba tank on, I don't know. But you go underneath the water and then you come back up. Let's say you didn't have a scuba tank. Let's make the story even harder. And you went under the water and you came back up and the boat is gone. (laughs) Well, you don't know which way the shore is. So you could swim one way and drown. Or you could swim the other way and drown. The point is, that's how I felt. I feel like I'm treading water and looking for land. You ever feel like that? Maybe you do right now. So the elevator doors open up, and this guy walks out, and he stops, and he turns around, and he looks at me, and he said, good luck with that. <laughs> and I, 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 I kind of laughed. I, I looked at him, and I said, hey, thanks. So he goes to the corner office. I go to my little office that used to be a closet. Literally, it was a closet. They had a stack of Wall Street journals in there, And there was no other room for the new guy, so they stick me in the closet. And so there's a desk in there, and I sit at my desk in my closet, a.k.a. office, and I sit there and I think to myself, why'd I say that? I feel like I'm treading water and looking for land. Huh. I didn't know the challenges, and that's where I was at when I started in the business. Now, I want to fast forward 10, uh, actually, it wasn't even 10 years. It was nine years to 2004. So in 2004, I had survived. I made it past the survival stage. I made it to the uh, comfortable stage, you know, the paying the bills. 
I've got a bunch of clients, things are going well, and I just closed a huge annuity. And it, and I'm, I'm not even going to tell you how much it was, but I'm just saying if you close this today, you'd be pretty happy. So the client leaves. Actually, it was a couple. They leave. I've got the paperwork in front of me, and I grab the phone. And I, I look at my computer to call the next person, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know who I'm going to call. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I do know I want to set an appointment so that I can eventually close another prospect and do more business. So I put the phone down and I thought, I'm winging it. (laughs) Have you ever felt that way? I'm winging it. That's what crossed my mind. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, what else am I winging? And so what I did is I went home that night and I sat down and I made a pie chart. I started out with a with with like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know the the whole <laughs> the whole pyramid thing. And I thought, nah, it's not a pyramid. Then I went to this whole maybe it's a square. The business is a square. No, it's not that. And then I went to it's got to be a pie chart because there's so many different facets of the business that we need to to work on. That you know, at any given time, I've got challenges in all of these facets. So. I sat down and I filled in the pie chart. What's the biggest facet of the business that I need to get better at? And I thought, well, time management. I am swamped and I'm putting out fires all day long. I don't have any structure. Uh, And the list goes on and on. So I write time management. Then I went to prospecting. Look, I'm winging it. I'm picking up the phone and I'm just calling anybody saying anything And granted, yeah, I've got a phone book or I've got a list of people that are business owners and I've got my little script, but is the script any good? Where'd I get that thing? (laughs) And then I'm hearing objections and I'm hearing, well, let me think about it or more, more likely than not, not interested, click. Or why don't you send me some information? And I'd send the information and then the week would go by and I'd call that person and say, hey, I sent you some information last week. I didn't get it. Why don't you send it again? And I'd send it again. And then I'd call the next week and I'd say, hey, uh, I called you last week and I introduced myself and sent you some information and I sent you that the week before. Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. Great. Do you want to get together? No, not interested. Click. Or I have an advisor. And I didn't have any system for handling objections. So I sat down. And I started mapping out all of the challenges in each of the eight different facets. And I realized, I need need some solutions here. And that's how Advisor Solutions was born. Now, fast forward 18 years as of this recording. And and granted, yes, this is the first recording, the first podcast, but it's not my first recording. In fact, I've done over 1,765 hours of audios of people that were in my group coaching programs. And in fact, uh, the last time I estimated it, I've done over 22,000 hours of coaching with individual sessions and group and, and so on. And I've spoke all over the United States and I wrote a book, a 473-page book called uh, a 101 Advisor Solutions, a financial advisor's guide to strategies that educate, motivate, and inspire. And I'm writing a second book, Advisor Life. I'll tell you about that later. So now you know a little bit about me, and it's not to impress you, but to impress upon you 
that I was lost. I was winging it. And I went out to find the solutions. And now that you know a little bit about me and Advisor Solutions, let's find out about you. Or better yet, let's find out, are you coachable? So, I mentioned three things that we're going to talk about today. Who's Advisor Solutions? Check. We covered it. Number two, the five most important questions to determine how coachable you are. So, let's jump into that. The five most important questions to find out how coachable you are. So, over the years, I've I've realized that there are several commonalities that help me to define whether or not a financial advisor or an insurance agent, or a wholesaler, or a branch manager, or an agency manager, any one of them, is coachable. And typically, these commonalities really, they kind of reveal themselves in how they answer the five questions that I'm about to ask you. So I get it. You're, you're in your car, you're, you're on a walk, but if you're not in your car and you're not on a walk and, and you're anywhere near a desk, grab a piece of paper and write this down. Because you're going to write down the answers to the five questions that I'm going to ask you. And that's going to help us define how coachable you are or your coachability factor. So what are the questions? Question number one, am I ready and willing to succeed? So write down the answer, yes or no. It's just these are all closed-ended questions and nobody's going to know the answers but you. And so write down the answer. Am I ready and willing to succeed? Write down yes or no. The reason why that question is so important is because, look, if you're not ready to succeed, then you're not going to get off the production plateau. You're going to be stuck, and you don't want to be stuck on the production plateau. So you got to make a decision. And the decision has to be, hey, this business is going only one way. There's not three possible ways, up, down, or plateau. I'm willing and ready, I'm ready and willing, I should say, to succeed and take this business to the next level. Question two, do I know what I want my business to look like? Do I know what I want my business to look like? Here's one of the toughest things for most advisors and agents to come up with, which is, do I have a clear picture of what I want my business to look like? See, they may say, hey, I want to do more production, or I want to get to the next level, or I want to, whatever it is. But you got to have a clear picture. Otherwise, you're going to wind up somewhere you don't want to be. Question three. Am I open to changing old habits to produce new results? So write that down. Yes or no. Are you? Am I open to changing old habits to produce new results? So Einstein said it best, and I'm sure you've heard of this quote because It's been around, obviously, for a long time. But Einstein said it best when he said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Do you feel like you're doing that over and over again and expecting a different result? Or maybe you've given up and think this is the best that it can get. Question five. Do I believe in myself? Do I believe in myself? It's a tough question. Let me reword that for you. In other words, do I know my own value? 
Do I know my own value? This is a tough question for a lot of people because in a good market, they tend to place their value on the market results or how well the clients are doing. But in a bad market, they tend to think that their value isn't good anymore. So they they tie it to the market. And if your value is tethered to the market, you're picking the wrong thing to value yourself with. In fact, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Uh, It's an exercise that I do with clients that need clarity and need to figure out their own value. And here's what the exercise is. In fact, if you're sitting down and you're writing, you know, notes, then write out this. This is an exercise that I created called the value exercise. What the value exercise is, is just you can take a piece of paper and grab another piece of paper, make three columns, and in the first column, write down uh, top 10, my top 10 clients. In the second column, you're going to write down what I've done for them. And that could be a financial plan. It could be an insurance review. It could be estate planning. It could be whatever it is, what I've done for them. So it's going to take a little time for you to fill this out. But here's the third column, the most important. What value did they get out of my services? What value did they get out of my services? So once you fill that out, and so take your favorite client, figure out what you did for them, financial plan, insurance review, whatever it is, and ask yourself that question. What value did did they get out of my services? And it might be peace of mind. It might be whatever it is. They've got a direction, a path to retirement. That's going to help you see some commonalities. You're going to see that, wow, my value is not tethered to the market. It's what I do for my clients. It might be your integrity. It might be your your systems, you know, uh, a holistic approach to, I look at everything for my clients. But what that's going to do for you is help you to understand your value. So these questions, these closed-ended, <laughs> simple questions, might seem very simplistic, but the answers help you to determine where you're at on your coachability scale. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is that the answers may reveal a lot more about you than you realized. You might find that you have more value than you realized. You might find that you're doing more for your clients than you realized. And you might find that you have a willingness to succeed. So let's find out how coachable you really are. So I talked about the third thing that we're going to go over today, which is the three types of coaching clients or the three types of coachability categories that clients kind of fit into. And when I explain all of this, I want to kind of cut to the chase and, and tell you, you could be in one of these categories. You could be in all three of these categories. It could be a specific topic that puts you into one of these categories and another topic puts you into another. And here's what I mean. After you reviewed the questions and the explanations that I just went over, that we talked about, you're probably wondering, well, what specific commonalities was I referring to that that can help you define if you're coachable. And so how you answered those questions puts you into one of three categories of coachability. 
And let's take a look at all three to find out which category you might be in. So the first one, the stressor. (laughs) Just like the name implies, they're stressed out. And the stressor is the person that most likely is stressed out about everything. And they're not really open to change. So as a result, they they don't really get to the next level because they're stressed. So picture this. I literally had a guy call me up and ask me about my services and want to get into group. But he said, hey, I got to tell you, though, I read all the books I can get my hands on and I put them on the shelf and nothing happens. And I said, do you know why nothing happens? And he said, yeah, because I don't do anything. I said, exactly. So here's the thing. When you get into a group, because he was getting into a six-month group coaching program, when you get into group, you got to do something. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Now, I think you know how this story ends. It ended about a month later, because I had a 30-day money-back guarantee, with him calling me up on the last day and saying, hey, just wanted to let you know, uh, I I, want to get my money back. And I said, and I was waiting for that call. And I said, why is that? And he said, well, I'm not really doing anything. I said, I know. We talked about that, remember? I said, yeah. But can I get my money back? Sure. So I gave him his money back. He was only one of three people that ever asked for their money back, which is kind of impressive because I've been doing these group coaching programs since 2006, I think it was, or is. So the stressor, their motto is, uh, I read all the books I can get my hands on and put them on the shelf and nothing happens. <laughs> so are you a stressor? Well, if you answered no to all five questions, you might be a stressor. In fact, you really are. Sorry. But it doesn't mean, here's the good news. It doesn't mean that you literally are a stressor forever. In fact, I'm going to tell you a story in a second about one stressor that went to a dabbler that went to the third kind, which is called an achiever. But I'll get to that in a second. So the second coachability category, the dabbler. So the dabbler is the person who wants to succeed and is willing to learn everything they can and apply things that they need to apply, and they start getting success. Love it. But here's the problem. They quit. They dabbled in it. They had a challenge. I explained the solution. I explained the process for applying the solution. They did it. They got success and they quit. So here's a motto, one of the mottos of a dabbler. See if you've ever said this. It worked so well, I quit. (laughs) Have you ever said that? It worked so well, I quit. Or how about this one? I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. And that typically is because I taught the dabbler how to do something, they did it, then they got success, and they quit. So if you got two or three yeses out of those five questions, you're probably a dabbler. But let me take a step sideways. Doesn't mean you're always a dabbler, and I'll explain why in a second. The third category, the achiever. The achiever is the person that calls me up, becomes a client, And what they do is they explain their challenges, they learn the solutions, they apply what I've taught them, and they get success, and they don't quit. In fact, they turn that 
obstacle into an opportunity to learn how to do it better, to do something better, whatever it is. It might be asking for referrals. I had one guy that literally got 27 referrals in one month. And he didn't even get the record. The record is 10 referrals in one week. That's an achiever. Or one client that was having a hard time closing people after 25 years in the business, I taught him a process to help prospects want to buy. Uh, You've probably heard the saying, nobody wants to be sold, but they love to buy. Well, I taught him this process and he literally closed 20 out of 21 prospects in a row. That is an achiever. So, can you change? And what are the core challenges for the stressor and the dabbler? And what makes the achiever the achiever? And are there areas of your business where I'm a stressor in one, I'm a dabbler, and I'm an achiever in the other? Yeah, the answer is yes to that. But what can the stressor do differently? Well, the challenge with the stressor isn't the solution that I explained to them or the process to help them get more referrals or uh, close more business or get more appointments or whatever it is. The challenge with the stressor is between their ears. And so here's an example. A stressor that is concerned about the market when the market wasn't doing well might be someone who doesn't know what to do and they're stressed out. And so I explain what to do and yet they're still, they don't even pick up the phone. Does that sound like something that you've gone through? If it has, we probably need to talk because I literally have worked with people that have couldn't get out of bed. They had situational depression and I've worked with them to apply tools that I've created to help them get a better mind space. I call it the mind space exercise. I won't get into it right now, but I will in a future podcast. At any rate, the stressor's challenge is between their ears. And so that's what we work on. The dabbler. The dabbler's challenge is this. I know what I need to do. I just need to do it. Or it works so well, I quit. Well, the challenge for the dabbler is the fact that they have a fear of success. And what I mean by that is most people, when they get to a certain level in their, with their production, if you're on a production plateau, you're there right now, where they're on a production trend line. They, they do enough to pay the bills and to feel comfortable. That's the support. You know, if you looked at a stock trend line. And, and when they have a good month, that's kind of like the, the, the resistance on a stock, they tend to slow down the next month. Have you ever had a month where you had a record month and the next month you had a terrible month? You were dabbling, if that's you. And the achiever, what makes the achiever the achiever? The achiever is an achiever because they don't want to go through what they've gone through before. There was so much pain before. They want to keep doing what they need to do to get to that next level. So we've covered all three of these. And do you know which one you are? And do you know, are you coachable? Well, before we go, I want to tell you a quick story. I had mentioned that I was going to tell you a story about a stressor that turned into a dabbler that turned into an achiever. 
And maybe I just kind of gave the story away, but it's a story that I put in my first book, 101 Advisor Solutions, a financial advisor's guide to strategies that educate, motivate, and inspire. And I put it in the success story section, and I titled it From Under the Wire to Above and Beyond. Now, if that doesn't tell you the whole story, let me tell you the whole story. Gail was a financial advisor with 25 years of experience. And I'm going to, I'm going to just simplify this story just so we don't make this podcast too long. But Gail was in the business for 25 years. She joined the group coaching program and it was in the summer of, I, in fact, I read it in the book last night in the summer of 2009. So by Thanksgiving, she called me up and she said, in fact, it was that just before Thanksgiving, just before that Thursday. And she called me up and she said, hey, I got to tell you something. I said, what's wrong? What's going on? She said, well, I got an email and a phone call. And unfortunately, um, I have to hit some production goals or uh, they might let me go. And I said, production goals, what are the goals? And she explained that the company had a minimum production goal and she wasn't near it. She hadn't hit it or she wasn't even close. And the concern that she had was this. I've got about a month, maybe five weeks to hit this goal. What do I do? She was stressed out. And I said, I know exactly what we're going to do. I know exactly what we're going to do because I've done it before with other clients. I know what to say, how to say it, how to handle the objections, how to fill up the pipeline, how to talk to more of your, your clients so that you do more business with integrity because we don't want to do this without integrity. We're going to break through that production plateau. And we're going to hit that next level. We're going to hit the minimums that they want and then you decide what you want to do from there. She said, okay, where do we begin? I said, here's what we're going to do. And I walked her through a process for her to talk to her clients and to talk to more prospects, but it was stuff she'd already learned. She just needed to apply it more often instead of dabbling in it. And so she started to apply it, and she was applying it every day, and she was accountable to me every day. And it's it's one of the things that I call a triple A rated business. It's awareness, action, and accountability. So she had the awareness of what to do and why to do it. And she was taking action every day. And she was shooting me emails every day or calling me to tell me what she did. And here's what happened. I contacted her on New Year's Eve and said, how's it going? Where are we at? And she said, I'm not sure. I've got some things in trans that are transferring in. I don't know if they're going to hit. I don't know if uh, today's gross production, if it was enough. And it came right down to the wire. But when all was said and done, she hit her goal. Now, that's not the end of the story. In fact, I called her after New Year's and said, now what, Gail? What do you want to do? And she said, I don't ever want to go through this again. I want to keep going. And so we did. And in that first quarter of that next year in 2010, it seems so long ago, and it is now, in that first quarter, she was up 66% from the previous year. So so she had hit 66% of her goal, the goal that they, they called her and said, hey, you got to hit that production. 
up 66% in that first quarter. And she didn't stop. She kept going. And so a year goes by and December came (laughs) and she got a phone call from the same person that said, hey, if you don't hit your production numbers, we're going to have to let you go. She gets this phone call and the phone call was this. And this is interesting because they're in her company. They had this women's group, about 25 women. And it was called the Women of Distinction. And her boss said, hey, we've got this group called the Women of Distinction. And she knew that anyway. And we'd like you to be a part of it. And here's why. You don't have the most production, gross production. You don't have the most assets. And you don't have the most clients. But here's what you do have. You've got the most growth in your business that we've ever seen. We don't know how you're doing it. So she joined the Women of Distinction. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because, unfortunately, about a year later, when she had said, you know, I'm still doing well, which she was, which is all good stuff. Unfortunately, she said, let's do this. Let's hold off on coaching. And and we kind of drifted apart, unfortunately. And that happens because you probably don't need a coach forever, but it's okay if you do. And so, because I've had people that have worked with me and I've worked with them for 10 years or more. At any rate, six months goes by after that, after she stopped. And I called to see how she's doing. We talked for a little bit. She was still doing well. And then a year, another year flew by. And I thought, you know, I need to reach out to Gail. And so what I did is I I called that same number and it was disconnected. And I didn't have another number. So I called, actually, I Googled her, and I found her obituary. Unfortunately, she had gotten sick and she had passed away. But the thing that I want to bring up, and she would be fine if she was standing right next to me. In fact, (laughs) uh, somehow I think she probably knows that I'm talking about her. The thing that I want to stress, and not to be confused with the stressor, the thing I really want you to get out of today is that she didn't go out of the business because they held the door for her and said, get out. She went out of the business at the pinnacle of her success and not on a production plateau. Well, I want to thank you for listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, this first Advisor Solutions Podcast. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe so that you can listen to these podcasts each week. Also, check us out on the web at www.advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you liked what you heard and you know that you'd like to find out more about Advisor Solutions, about our group coaching program, or our individual coaching program, email me. Email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. That's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. I'd love to set up a time for us to talk if you want to get to the next level and get off your production plateau. I want to thank you again for listening. Please join us next week as we are going to talk about helping advisors and agents build a better business one solution at a time. Thank you.